0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors Podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo this evening. The Warriors just smacked the hell out of the Chicago Bulls 119-93. And this is a little hyperbolic, but it's starting to feel like the old days. The old days, meaning before Clay tore his ACL, before Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. I know it's been an easy schedule. They've had a ton of home games, but this was a challenge. The Bulls have been playing really, really well this season. They have a very athletic and a veteran core, and the Warriors just smacked them, smacked them really, really hard. The Bulls, they were pretty good in the first quarter. They scored 29 points. And the Warriors were just throwing the ball around like they usually do. Tons of turnovers. But they locked in. They tightened up their defense. They did a lot of things to frustrate the Bulls. And it worked. You know? Steph had an amazing night. 34 minutes, 15 for twenty-four, nine for 17 from 3. Plus 31, 40 points. He also had 5 assists and 4 rebounds. That is MVP-level stuff. And what, this is... 12 games into the season. So a quick calculation. So we're 15% (laughs) officially through the Warriors season and he's easily the leading MVP candidate. He's the best player on the best team and he's had the biggest, flashiest night so far. And of course, eventually very soon he's going to break Ray Allen's all-time regular season three-point record. It was going around Twitter that uh, I guess Steph broke Ray Allen's record for three-pointers in regular season and the playoffs. That's cool and all, but eventually he'll get the regular season one which has a little bit more meaning. I'll never get tired of watching Steph shoot threes, man. It's amazing. Like the way he triggers other defenses, the way he bends them to his will, double teams, stretching them all the way to almost the logo. It's nuts. You know, and then the fact that he moves so much off ball, right? Like that's something that Damian Lillard doesn't do when he passes the ball. He doesn't run off screens. No one moves like Steph does. Anyway, the Warriors defense, very, very impressive. They were swarming. They were playing a box and one on Zach Levine and... I think it's really funny that the Warriors are using box and ones, especially after it got used on them in the 2019 finals. And then a bunch last season, people were just using it on Steph because no one else on the Warriors could score. But uh, hey, it worked. You know, as they said on the broadcast, they seemed pretty frustrated. They were off their rhythm. I was glad Jeremiah Green. I'll be honest. I didn't expect him to to play in this game after that thigh contusion or whatever, that knee to knee hit he took in the Timberwolves game. But I guess thigh contusions look worse than they actually are because Otto Porter Jr. looked like he got a bad knee from, from Caruso, but he came back and I guess that was a thigh contusion. So, you know, those are just going around this time of year. Be careful walking down the street. Gary Payton II, again, continues to be a revelation. Active hands, long arms. He has amazing timing on dribble strips. You know how everybody says Andre Godala has great timing for like, when people bring the ball down and he strips them, right? Gary Payton II has really good timing for when someone is dribbling up and just dipping in right at the right moment and getting a steal. He did that to Ish Smith on the Hornets a couple times. And he did that to Zach Levine and got a breakaway reverse dunk. That's not easy to do. And it's crazy, right? Because all of a sudden, the Warriors have a bunch of dunkers. They have a bunch of guys who can really, really punish the basket, put pressure on the rim. And they didn't have that last year. I mean, right now you have Gary Payton II, Andre Godala can still get up there, Andrew Wiggins. Jonathan Kaminga, scone Anderson, when he gets a chance, can get up to the rim and punish it. And then once you get James Wiseman back, I mean, that's a whole nother different kind of lob, dunker, whatever. And then you also have Draymond Green, who, when he has an opening, he can still just drive down the lane and barely get it over the rim. I love his dunks because they just get over the rim, but he actually does it with power. One day he's going to get hung up And that might be the last time we ever see him try dunking in a game again. And speaking of the dunkers they had last year, you know, they had Kelly Oubre Jr. Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, like he, once he got more accustomed to the league and he became more of a rotation player, you know, he threw down a couple. And Andrew Wiggins, the Wiggins from last year is a little bit different from the Wiggins from this year. This year, maybe he's not defending as well, or he's not shooting as well yet, but he was attacking more. You know, after the Wolves game, it was like, oh, what are we going to see? Hey, he shot his shot against the Bulls. He went to the basket a couple of times. He went for a couple of alley-oops. Didn't really get anything too spectacular. Was fouled a bunch of times. But man, we might be onto something actually really, really different. Speaking of Jonathan Kaminga, he got rotation minutes. He played 16 minutes, was four for six from the field, shot one three and missed it. Was plus seven, had eight points. One assist, one rebound, three fouls. Not bad, not bad. He looked like he was getting into the flow a little bit. And smart move, smart move by Steve Kerr and the coaching staff to put him in, get him used to some of these games. This is a nationally televised Friday night game. People like me stay at home and watch this stuff. And Kaminga just let the game come to him and didn't try to do too much. Credit to the coaching staff and to Steph for setting screens for Kaminga so he could get downhill. I mean, once you get Jonathan Kaminga going downhill, straight line to the basket, he's going to be pretty much impossible to stop. You don't want to get in front of him because he's huge and he can go over you. There's no like pump fake or trying to get cute. He's going to go right over your head. And so you get him an easy dunk, a layup, and hey, that comfortability and that confidence just kind of grows and by the way, shout out to all the people out there again, who thought drafting John the Kaminga was a mistake and who wanted, you know, a win now guy. Win now was somebody that, you know, I was open to and wanting for the 14th pick. But if you have John the Kaminga available at seven, there is no reason you don't take him. You don't take Davion Mitchell. You don't take Chris Duarte, <laughs> Corey Kispert. Not that those guys were ever fully in the discussion, but like, yo. know. This talent is real. I said in the last episode after the Wolves game when I revisited the D'Lo Wiggins trade that Jonathan Kaminga will likely be the best player in that trade. I mean, you could see why. (laughs) Jokingly, he probably already is. But seriously, like, as a quote-unquote project, like, let's be clear, he's a project in the sense that he was 18, turned 19 in October. And he needs refinement, right? He needs reps. He's a kid. He's young. He would be a freshman in college or something if he didn't reclassify. But he's not a project in the sense that he doesn't know how to play basketball. He's not a Donald Foyle. He's not Damian Jones. He is the number seven pick. He was a top five prospect all last season. So like, when people are saying like he's not going to play this season at all, yes, he'll get reps in the G League, but he's too good to not eventually get some court time. Honestly, I was expecting more second half of the season. And this was his first like stretch of regular rotation minutes. But, and I'm not saying he's gonna get them on a normal basis every game, but the kid is good. You know, If you didn't watch him in the G League, if you didn't watch any of his old highlights, there's a lot to work with there. And the thing about this Warriors team and their depth, right? it's like, they're so deep. They have so many plug-and-play guys that not everybody has to do everything. They don't have to be great at everything, which is what happens when you have a shallow roster. You need guys who can just be on the floor and do everything. Like Gary Payton II, you wouldn't want him being your quote-unquote official backup point guard where he's initiating all the time. On this squad, he's the defensive point of attack guy. He's a dunker, lobs. He doesn't have to run the offense, you know? He goes in and he does what he's really good at. Otto Porter Jr. comes in, does what he's really good at. Jonathan Kaminga came in, and in those non-garbage minutes, they allowed him to do what he's really good at. I mean, it's an enviable situation compared to James Wiseman from last year, right? Where they started him game one, and it was pretty much like, okay, you're going to have to do everything. And he didn't know how yet. He couldn't. And... I don't hold that against him. If you put Kaminga on last year's team, you'd see some rough stuff. If you put Wiseman, and we'll see what happens when he finally shows up on the court, he'll be doing simple things, right? The thing about Jonathan Kaminga too, and I keep, <laughs> I keep saying this, but he is really, really huge out there. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, but he has broad shoulders and he's only 19, so he's going to get stronger. And I was impressed because overall he did a, pretty good job on the perimeter covering DeMar DeRozan and then Zach Levine. A couple times, those guys had to pass out of his coverage. Like they would try moves, they'd try to get around him. Kaminga covered him. He has quick feet on the perimeter and he's big and strong enough to bang inside. I was texting Aram in Toronto and he said that Kaminga needs to rebound better and I, I agree with that. But it, he also mentioned that he kind of looked like a mini Giannis out there. Again, way ahead and just kind of a random observation when he's having some good moments, but just in terms of his size and his ability to dribble, to pass, to attack the basket. I like that. I'll take that. I mean, honestly, James Wiseman better be careful because Jonathan Kaminga might be pushing him for center minutes down the road, especially small ball center. Cause Kaminga came in in the second half, subbing for Draymond Green, who was playing small ball center. Anyway, I'm super excited. And it's also crazy to me because our garbage time lineup was Jordan Poole, a starter currently. Juan Toscano Anderson, a guy who was considered one of their best players, glue guys last year. Otto Porter Jr., a veteran player who has a rotation role, obviously. And then the two lottery picks, Kaminga and Moses Moody. That's nuts. That's the garbage lineup. Not... Anyone like Alfonso McKinney, Quinn Cook, the previously mentioned Damian Jones, James Michael McAdoo, or even more recently, Alan smiley Those guys were all fringe players or projects who had low ceilings. No offense. I'm sure they're all good dudes. But the guys who were on the court when the Warriors game ended tonight, they're all rotation guys. And then two blue chip lottery picks. That's depth. That's totally depth. This is the deepest team the Warriors have had in the championship era. If not, it's pushing that 2014, 2015 team pretty far because that team had a bunch of former NBA starters coming in off the bench. But from one to 15, and you're not even seeing Klay Thompson, James Wiseman, and Damian Lee didn't even play in this game. I totally forgot that dude. And he doesn't deserve to be forgotten anymore. He's been playing so well this year. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net. Nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The next test will be this four-game road trip the Warriors is going on in Charlotte on Sunday. Tuesday in Brooklyn, Thursday in Cleveland, Friday in Detroit. So four teams. One is bad. That's Detroit. Two are surprisingly good, Charlotte and Cleveland. And one was the preseason favorite to win the title, the Brooklyn Nets. Now, that was when they still had Kyrie Irving in the fold before he decided to sit out and not get vaccinated. But still, because it's Kevin Durant, because it's New York, because... They're on the East Coast. That'll be the game to watch. I like our chances, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. It's awesome that the Warriors are 11-1 and one, and it's awesome that they've found a rhythm and they've grown some amazing chemistry. Like if you flip-flop the schedule and you start with this road trip, maybe things are different, you know? So from this road trip, hey, <laughs> 4-0 and would be amazing. But honestly, you should be three and one in this, right? At the very least. Detroit is a terrible, terrible team. They got some young pieces, but they are bad. I've watched them a couple times, and it is really, really rough offense to watch. Killian Hayes, I don't think he's very good so far. And Cade Cunningham, yeah, he's getting better. He'll be fine, but he's he missed a bunch of games at the beginning of the season too, just like John the Kaminga. Cleveland's playing well, Evan Mobley. That kid's looking good, and their pieces seem to fit right now, you know. And then Charlotte, we've seen them, but how are they going to be different at home? Steph though loves playing in Charlotte, so that'll be something to watch. And then the Brooklyn game. So hopefully three and one would be amazing. To come back four and zero, but take it one game at a time, you know. Enjoying this ride and enjoying seeing this progression of this Golden State Warriors team that is a league best eleven and one. So. Let's, uh, let's enjoy that, and y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and say nice stuff about us in a review on apple podcasts oh and one more thing uh, just a quick little tidbit if you didn't know oakland warriors also makes some t-shirts go to the website oaklandwarriors.com and click on shop and check it out over there there's a sale a holiday sale all the shirts are $19.99 so if you're so inclined check it out and you know Buy some stocking stuff or some early holiday gifts, perhaps. Eh? Yeah? Eh? Yeah? All right. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.